Hobbit shit. Hello and welcome to that Hobbit shit. I'm Mike. I'm Corey. Hey Corey, what are we talking about today? Well, Mike, it's uh the first episode of season two. Holy shit! Or I guess the first full episode of season two. First real episode. Yeah, the, the first episode that's not a mathem. <laughs> uh, so what's it called? What are uh, we talking about? Mike, chapter one is uh is called Hell is Other Hobbits. <laughs> Is that because hobbits hate other hobbits? <laughs> uh, I think it's because living amongst hobbits might be the purest hell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we'll get into it, though. <laughs> I, I, I think that will come up. Um, but, hey, Mike, since it's the first chapter, do you want to start with a roll call? Sure. How many of the dwarves? Let's hear it. Uh, well, we got Bagginses, Boffins, Tooks, Brandybucks, Grubs and Chubs, Burroughses, Hornblowers, Bulgers, Bracegirdles, Goodbodies, Brockhouses, Proudfoots, and of course, don't forget the Sackville Bagginses for the lucky number. Um, can I correct you in that it is Proudfeet? Proudfoots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- this brings up the point that, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I love and hate hobbits. <laughs> 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 whatever <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know if tolkien loved or hated them he's pretty it, critical of them he, he lays them pretty bare for you to see their flaws <laughs> <laughs> and oh are they flawed <laughs> again i i think it'll come up once or twice um, uh but yeah i suppose uh we got quite a book here we should get into it um uh our tale begins with the run-up to bilbo and you may remember Bilbo from such historical novels as The Red Book of Westmarch, uh, or the lesser known, shorter version, The Hobbit. Um, it's the days... I, wonder, I wonder if The Red Book of Westmarch was a in-joke for Tolkien, much like our stupid titles. <laughs> oh my god, it might have been. Because uh, it's like, uh, did, did we talk about it much in the, uh, the appendices, or sorry, the prologue episode? Um, just... No, not really. I think we kind of skipped that one because that one was the driest section. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like uh, it's it's a like a grand history of the Shire and includes the Hobbit, making the Hobbit seem like a really <laughs> inconsequential book, even though it's super important to Middle Earth. <laughs> and it's it's clear how important it is to Middle Earth by the time it becomes the Red Book of Westmarch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. Even the. The little bit that the Shire is featured in it is the most exciting thing that ever happens in the Shire. (laughs) That's a good point, too. That's very true. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, so yeah, so Tolkien and and us uh, had the same sense of humor. (laughs) Oh, man, I shouldn't say that. I think lightning's going to strike me. Um, Yeah, you're getting a letter. (laughs) Hey, season two, we're finally getting hate mail. Um, Hopefully not. Anyhow, uh, so Bilbo Baggins uh, is our is our main character to start with, and uh, we're in the days leading up to Bilbo's birthday party. Uh, it was 60 years ago that he returned from his journey to the Lonely Mountain, uh, and he's about to turn 111. That is 111, which is a remarkable age for a hobbit. And popular opinion among hobbits held that Bilbo was filthy rich. Um, there was a rumor that all the many halls of Bag End uh, were stuffed with treasure. And these rumors, Mike, went as far as Mickledelphine, if you can believe it. <laughs> that really um, 
tells you what those rumors are worth. <laughs> yeah, they could make it up to the cap. I guess it's the capital of the Shire, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, they made it to the capital. Um, <laughs> love or hate. Um, so Bilbo uh, was also remarkable, uh, not just for his age, but in his uh, his well-preserved looks uh, and his general youthfulness. Um, uh, so yeah, they thought everyone thought he was rich and everyone thought he looked great for his age. And so these combined, of course, were too much for most hobbits. And it inspired a kind of uh, fear and awe in the neighborhood. Um, but as with most hobbit fears, the promise of a party and some food left them quite forgotten. Uh, and so Bilbo was relatively well-regarded, even with his unsavory eccentricities, um, just because he seemed to be generous uh, with food and whatnot and gifts. Um, and Bilbo's closest friend and relation uh, was his nephew, young Frodo Baggins. Uh, Frodo was an unkempt youngster who happened to have the same birthday, which is September 22nd, mind you, uh, as Bilbo. Uh, it's very important, September 22nd. Uh, and so Frodo came to live with Bilbo uh, to inherit his wealth, celebrate their shared birthdays, uh, and of course thwart the Sackville Bagginses and their claim on Baggins. Um, but this was 12 years before the story starts, um, <laughs> if you follow me so far. Uh, that was 12 years ago. Uh, so this year, uh, the year of Frodo's 111st birthday, Frodo was about to turn 33, which is the coming of age for a hobbit. Uh, at this point, we now meet Hamfast Gamgee, uh, also known as the Gaffer. Uh, and the Gaffer's son was Samwise, son of Hamfast. Um, and the two of them tended garden at Bag End, and they were quite close with the Bagginses. Uh, now, the gaffer was an old hen who liked to cluck, if ever there was one. Um, and as the big party was approaching, loose-tongued old fucks like the gaffer were suddenly in very high demand for their tall tales and reminiscences of Bilbo and his shocking behavior 60 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we are deep in that hobbit shit. Um, and we get to be a fly on the wall at the gaffer's favorite pub while a bunch of old fucks uh, go on about their deep-seated fears of boats and rivers. Um, and we learn that young Frodo's parents drowned in a boating accident up in Buckland, uh, which is a very unsavory place, according to these fucks. Why is it uh, unsavory, Corey? Do they say? You, because it's so close to a river and the forest. <laughs> yes, proximity to, to trees and running water. <laughs> make, it, make it disreputable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Frodo's father's name, by the way, uh, was Drogo, um, which is slightly less amusing than Bungo. But uh, anyway, um... <laughs> uh, Drogo, is he any relation to the the, um, the Cal? Cal Gr Drogo was was Drogo Baggins the grandfather of dragons? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> the Baggins that mounts the world. <laughs> I want to say, is that what they call the cow? But um, obviously, that must be what they call the cow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great book. Um, where are we here? I wonder, although I, I, I do wonder if, um, what's his face, uh, Martin, uh, if that was a little nod to, uh, to Tolkien. Oh, it could be. What a weird guy. Yeah, what a weird place to put a reference to an innocent hobbit. <laughs> Anyhow, um, uh, my next my next note that I wrote here, uh, my next point is uh, that we're not very far into the chapter, but it's pretty meandering. <laughs> like we've uh, 
we've gone 12 years into the past. We've come back. We've been at a pub. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so thanks to Sam and the gaffer, rumors of presents and fireworks at the upcoming birthday party spread quite quickly around Hobbiton. Uh, and as the day of the party grows nearer, uh, large overladen carts driven by dwarves begin to arrive at Bag End. Until finally, a cart came one day that was driven by a lone old man. He is described in detail, including my favorite part of Gandalf's appearance. <laughs> of course, it was Gandalf. Um, sorry, that's a little uh, callback to The Hobbit. Uh, the fact that his bushy eyebrows extend past the brim of his hat, which has always been my favorite part of Gandalf. Um, also my favorite and never depicted. No, it's it's so hard to imagine. I think uh, I think they did a pretty good job in the animated Hobbit because his like the whole top of his head is just hair <laughs> or eyebrows, I guess. I wonder if he has a unibrow. I, I think he does in in the animated one, uh, as I recall. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, the only time, uh, historically speaking, the only time Gandalf was properly depicted. <laughs> Oh, um, Gandalf, in terms of party business, at least, uh, was bringing fireworks. It was his job to do fireworks. He had quite a reputation in the Shire, uh, though it had been a very long time since anyone had actually seen his wonderful and legendary fireworks. Um, perhaps out of living memory, because I don't think Bilbo had ever seen them, but he's, he's, he's got quite a reputation nonetheless. Um, and Gandalf and Bilbo were apparently scheming something, uh, as we very well know that they like to do, uh, which was a little bit more than fireworks. Anyhow, um, Eventually, invitations were sent out, uh, and it was a scandal in the Postal Service. Everyone and anyone was invited. Bilbo was quite sequestered on party business, uh, as the field across from Bag End was chosen as a spot for the old shindig. Uh, the description of the party setup is quite lovely and magical. Uh, we'll refer you to the text for further information. Um, and finally, we get to the day of the party. Hobbits are both generous and very greedy, mind you, uh, and it's tradition to give presents to others on your birthday. And so we have the passing around from house to house of many mathems. Uh, but the greedy part is that as people entered the party uh, and were given a gift, uh, several of these disgusting hobbits uh, came through the front gate twice to get another gift. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great party. Um, food and booze were everywhere uh, and fireworks. And Gandalf put on one hell of a show. One of the fireworks was even uh, a small Coles note of uh, the Hobbit. Uh, a beautiful dragon emerges from a far off mountain and far too quickly is unceremoniously killed. Um, so anyhow, uh, my understanding of um, the logistics of the party is that there was a general assembly and there was also a smaller, separate, private group that was invited to Bilbo's special dinner in the main pavilion. The VIP area. Yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, and the VIP area had 144 hobbits, um, which was the combined ages of Bilbo and Frodo. It seemed like an honor, uh, but all the hobbits were dreading Bilbo's requisite birthday speech. Hobbits also fear poetry, by the way, um, and they were all becoming a little afraid that Bilbo was going to recite some. Uh, but Bilbo's speech began well enough. It was obvious and full of things that the hobbits knew, which of course was their favorite kind of anything. Um, but it soon took a turn for the worse as Bilbo began outright insulting the guests uh, in a, a few different ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> And finally, to the uh, utter shock and horror of the hobbits, Bilbo announced that he was leaving. He said, this is the end, goodbye. And he stepped down from his stool, and with a blinding flash supplied by Gandalf, he vanished in front of the crowd. Just pause for effect. Um, and so the next scene here is quite a tense one. Uh, Bilbo didn't vanish, of course. He slipped on his ring, and he returned to the house to finish his packing. Uh, so Gandalf soon enters to find Bilbo uh, at his last minute preparations. It seems like Bilbo is going to tell Gandalf off for being a 
pardon me. <laughs> it seems like Bilbo is finally <laughs> going to tell off Gandalf for being an old fuck. Um, but no. <laughs> um, uh, it turns out that something is exerting an influence over dear old Bilbo. Uh, Gandalf is there to make sure that Bilbo is going to give his ring to Frodo, along with Bag End and everything in it, as per his original plan. But Bilbo is hesitating. He becomes quite angry, and the two argue because Bilbo seems unwilling to give up his ring. Gandalf. Curious. Yeah, it is, it's quite odd. It's out of character for, for young Bilbo, who is but now old Bilbo. He does have a bit of a reputation surrounding this ring and dishonesty. Yes. Yes, he does. A very curious reputation because he's honest in all other parts of his life, <laughs> especially when insulting other hobbits. <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and so it forces Gandalf uh, to exert some of his powerful wizardly influence over Bilbo to shake him from his attachment to the ring. Um, so Bilbo finally puts it in an envelope and leaves it for Frodo. Uh, some dwarves appear out of the shadows and they get ready to leave with Bilbo. Uh, and we get a song, Mike. We get the first song of the book. Um, and then Bilbo is off. Uh, he left the Shire. He left Bag End. He's gone. And Frodo came in soon after, uh, just missing Bilbo. And Gandalf tells him that the old ring is his, and he tells Frodo to keep it secret and keep it safe. And the next day, now being the owner and master of Bag End, Frodo was busy dealing with some bequeathments of Bilbo's. Um, and Mike, you're going to cover these gifts in a leisure segment. Isn't that right? Sure. <laughs> if, if you're just going to throw them away like that. <laughs> you're just going to throw it out. I guess I'll take it. Well, the answer is yes, Mike is going to cover these in another segment. Um, finally, the Sackville Bagginses show up. Uh, they insult Frodo for being a Brandy Buck right in front of young Mary Brandy Buck, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, and after Frodo kicked everybody out of Bag End, they booted out some shitty little hobbits for trying to dig for treasure in one of the larders. Um, They're finally free for the day. Uh, that is, until Gandalf came back and told Frodo he was leaving. Much to Frodo's disappointment, but Gandalf had some sudden urgent pressing business to attend to he once again said to make sure the ring was secret and safe very important and with an asshole-ish remark of look out for me especially at unlikely times <laughs> he left <laughs> and that's the end of the chapter that is on um on brand for gandalf <laughs> yes it is it always has to have the last word <laughs> and it always has to be something like that yeah um speaking of uh Unimportant but funny. Do you have any chapter notes, Mike? I sure do. Um, let me see here. Gaffer seems to be quite the source of gossip. Yeah, he really is. Um, for someone who's so close and apparently tight with Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> Just spreading his secrets around everywhere. Yeah. And like kind of making a big deal out of nothing. But wait, was... This is where it's going to, reading ahead is going to bite me in the, in the behind. Um, <laughs> was Gaffer actually downplaying the amount of gold that Bilbo had? Uh, yes. He, uh, he said he remembered as a boy um, uh, Bilbo returning and he had, um, what was it called? Uh, like one chest and two sacks. Uh, and, and he'd never, and he, I think he like was pretty adamant that he'd never seen piles of gold <laughs> in Bag End. Uh, it's good of him. Yeah, yeah, it is good of him. <laughs> More than I would expect of someone named Hamfast. <laughs> it's one of my favorite names in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple, but Hamfast is good. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, Samwise Son of Hamfast. I think is a pretty good. 
Yeah, that was all I had. Just his, his he's just so full of family gossip. That's all I had. Yeah, no, it's it's like yeah, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> just like gather around and I shall tell you about my close friend Bilbo. <laughs> just personal comings and goings. It seems to be the only thing that hobbits talk about at the pub. It Bilbo. <laughs> well, just general general uh, you know news and gossip of people from people they know or about people they know it, it, it's interesting too because none of them really do anything <laughs> uh yeah. it's so it's wild that they could be gossiping about each other <laughs> and and like disapproving of the things that they do like hey you planted potatoes next to the tomatoes what a <laughs> sounds like a bucklander to me he's gone cracked <laughs> that's a direct quote <laughs> yes yes it is <laughs> Uh, my, my first note uh, was that this might be too much Hobbit shit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is not, and there's no such thing. <laughs> okay, cool. That's fair. I can, I can handle that. I have another note. Um, there were dwarves in this chapter, Corey. Deliberate there were dwarves. And they just kind of, they weren't allowed at the feast, <laughs> but they just kind of hung out at Bag End for a while. Yeah, in the shadows, um, packing maybe. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, you would think they'd be allowed at the feast, but I guess not. I imagine the gossip around that. Oh yeah. Oh, the hobbits would not have been able to handle that, uh, especially if they were included in one gross. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One gross is insulting enough without uh, being counted amongst dwarves. Um, <laughs> I I double checked for any quote from a dwarf, so I could resurrect dwarf quotes <laughs> i was just gonna say are you are you leading up to a dwarf coat mike <laughs> no they didn't speak at all well i think uh I, i've got one here oh everything they answered oh wow <laughs> it's i the, missed that it's a single word <laughs> from the delivery dwarf uh yes uh or no well, this is sorry this is when they're um when they're leaving bag end oh. uh like after the party uh so i guess they're done delivering there now uh <laughs> do you have you seen leon the professional oh um no oh no but it's one of those those movies that's uh pretty out there in pop culture <laughs> do you know uh, why well, i'm forgetting the actor's name which is ridiculous oh the guy that plays the main guy not leon the um the main detective slash gangster guy oh isn't that gary oldman gary oldman do you know his <laughs> when he says everything in that movie yes yes I do. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. that how the dwarves said it well i, I butchered that joke <laughs> uh, i mean i don't know i laughed at it and it, i i understood it <laughs> um i have a note about birthday madams but you kind of covered that but it's really funny that at least some madams are given away each birthday party or each birthday yeah it's just kind of understood i guess that certain items are <laughs> are just shitty presents yeah you're gonna get a fruitcake someone is <laughs> the same fruitcake <laughs> they don't go bad <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird it's such a strange little community that they have like like just just giving each other the same things like like if you get if it's someone, if it's a close friend's birthday and you get a gift from them and you don't like it very much, 
when it's your birthday, you give that crappy present to someone else. <laughs> and everyone knows it. Yeah, it's like it's like expected. But th- but that's the thing with hobbits is they like things that are expected. <laughs> I have a note. This whole chapter is an indictment of hobbits. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. They are they're horrible little creatures. <laughs> I don't think I realized how greedy they are. <laughs> the ones uh the ones that wanted more than one present. Yeah, and um, there there was actually a present prepared because Bilbo expected it. Oh my God! Yeah. What What about when he disappeared? And because there was still plenty of food and drink, none of the hobbits really cared. <laughs> and there was a there was a general rumor that Gandalf had taken Bilbo, but none of them none of them did anything about it. <laughs> and a lot of them brought their kids there just so they could fill them up. Yes, actually, that's a callback to some of the things we discussed uh, in season one about uh, hobbits and childcare. <laughs> Is they suck at it. <laughs> yeah, it seems to pawn them off on anyone with an open larder. <laughs> Do you have any more notes? Uh, I, yes, actually, quite a bit. Um, <laughs> okay. okay, here's a fun one uh, that I uh, I mentioned in our, in our preamble before we started recording. Um, so, Mike, September 22nd the birthday of both Bilbo and Frodo Baggins also happens to be, and I assure you there's no coincidence here, or sorry, there's, this is only coincidence. Uh, it is my anniversary with Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Does she know this? Yes. Um, I told her the other day when I was reading the chapter and I was like snickering pretty hard because I knew she wouldn't be impressed. Uh, and she wasn't impressed. Tiffany, I might remind our listeners uh, as the originator of the term that hobbit shit. <laughs> It wasn't in a, <laughs> it wasn't in a fond, loving way. <laughs> wow, that's so special. I know, isn't it though? How uh, precious! <laughs> uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a real tough one uh, from here on out if I mention this every September the twenty second from now on. Have you already pre-marked it on your calendar to be Bilbo's birthday? <laughs> I, I wouldn't fucking dare do that. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Another note. Uh, uh, so the gaffer's favorite pub, it seems, is the Ivy Bush, which is a small inn on the Bywater Road. Um, personally, I prefer the Green Dragon. Me too. Is Do you think the Ivy Bush is a gentleman's club? <laughs> I don't want to entertain the idea that hobbits have gentlemen's clubs i think it's too much for me yeah fair enough <laughs> i thought you were gonna say um uh do you remember the sixth line pub in oakville oh yeah i thought you were gonna say like is it like an old man sports bar yeah racists sidled up at the bar uh yep yeah just uh waiting for news of their neighbors um yeah <laughs> We need a comparison for like, uh, okay, so if if the Ivy Bush is is the the scary old man bar, what is the Green Dragon? That's like, what's like a benchmark of an awesome pub? <laughs> an awesome pub that we are both familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. Man. That might be a tough one. <laughs> um, maybe one of the Firkin pubs. A, a reliable, you know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice, a little dank, like a good dankness to it. 
Yeah, decent amount of dank, but they clean their taps, which is yeah. nice. You're not going to get sick, but, um, you know. <laughs> Nachos come in both regular and grande. <laughs> I don't I don't know another pub that's an old faithful like that. Yeah. Actually, there's one near us that I that I missed dearly. Did, did I ever take you to the mugshot? No. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. Yeah, mugshots is my is one of my favorite locals. <laughs> I have I have a couple favorites here. But they're only usually favorites because they're quiet. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I kind of pictured the Green Dragon being the Smith's Pub here, which is like a basement bar. Oh okay, yeah, that's cool. But but it's it's reputable. Yeah, yeah. Mugshots is like uh, it's it's a younger crowd, but it's like so unpretentious like in in like living in toronto so many places you walk into and everyone like looks at you like sort of sideways and be like is that guy cooler than me yeah um, it's gross um no one cares what you do at mugshots <laughs> um but it's like but it's nice there's like there's good food there's like a really good selection of beer like the, it's a pretty small like rotating kind of thing and like yeah it's just it's just good it's a relaxing place to go well damn hopefully i can visit with you soon yeah uh yeah and and may may the mugshots come through <laughs> this time <laughs> um do you have any more notes mike i do how fucked was it that hobbits were just tearing bag end apart like multiple <laughs> hobbits in multiple rooms digging and like, holes yeah. and like dismantling uh, like <laughs> like bookcases and it, it's ridiculous it, it almost <sighs> makes you think like it's uh, it was like a surprising show of restraint that they waited a year to auction off <laughs> all of Bilbo's possessions. Yeah. Like the next day after he <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the manner in which he, he vanished in that it was like un- unsavory uh, and unexpected was just like, nope, he's, he's gone. He's written off. <laughs> <laughs> Rules don't apply. <laughs> Just walking around, stamping on the ground, trying to find a hollow spot. Oh, yeah, that's, and, uh, and there's some sort of Hobbit law about if you find treasure in somebody's house, you can keep it. I think Hobbit law might be an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> my very last... Yeah, my last note here. <laughs> um, just to make the Sackville Bagginses worse than all other Hobbits. Oh, what was her name? Lobita? Lo... Lobelia? Lobelia was snapping her fingers under Frodo's nose. <laughs> what, a, what a disgusting thing to do. I could just feel the rage. <laughs> Can you imagine someone doing that to you? <laughs> not really, no. Um, like you'd be, it'd be very tough not to push them down the stairs. <laughs> Especially like aging Lobelia, who is just like, yeah. like just nasty and like wants your house. Like <laughs> uh, Umbrella full of spoons. <laughs> Our, uh, our introduction to Frodo is that he's a he's quite a calm, collected fellow. He, yeah, much more than Bilbo. Remember Bilbo fussing and being like yes. super rude to Gandalf. Good morning, him so many times. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, crack the dishes and chip the plates. That's what Bilbo Baggins says. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, Frodo is just kind of cool about it. Yeah, he's like, ah, okay, <laughs> I'm going to stop these guys from digging through the wall. But <laughs> you guys. <laughs> All right, boys, he's had enough. Leave the wall alone. <laughs> uh, what else do you have, Corey? 
uh, a very short one. Um, there's a little quip about Bilbo not buying local at first. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I thought that was funny. <laughs> you got to buy local. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, like, Dale's, like, the other side of the world, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and then uh, we have another instance, uh, which I noticed, uh, about hobbits being compared to rabbits, which I find fascinating. Um, because apparently Brandy Hall... Um, up in Buckland uh, is a regular rabbit warren of tunnels, uh, which evidently is unsavory. <laughs> Sounds really cool. But I guess every time they have a new descendant, they just dig another tunnel. <laughs> That's cool, actually. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, we learned in the prologue, actually, that only the most well-off of hobbits live underground. Yeah, we did. Or the least well-off. Yes, yeah. Imagine you were digging a new chamber in Buckland and you like broke through a wall to like a well where <laughs> some guy was squatting. <laughs> Radagast <laughs> is just asleep in the well. Covered in leaves and like threadbare furs. <laughs> what were those rabbits that he had? <laughs> oh, it's, that, that got dark. Um, Radagast and 12 rabbits fall through. <laughs> Oh, that would be wonderful. Um, <laughs> I think I think we actually get Radagast in this book, but we, we, I shouldn't think too far ahead. Um, oh, we might we might get some. So he's he's got to show up somewhere, right? Yep. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has to be written down by Tolkien. <laughs> um, and I've I, one last note. So I find Mike. I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes when a book is adapted into a movie, um, the movie can kind of like replace what you imagine the book to be like. Yes. Yeah. I think the scene after the party between Gandalf and Bilbo um, is so well done in the movie that it's hard not to picture it. Yeah, especially because like I had to read it twice to make sure I knew that it... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Um, getting ahead of myself. The scene where... But, uh, I'm going to jump ahead, but you know, it's just going to strengthen your point, so why not? Um, <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> it. The scene where... Frodo and Gandalf discuss the ring. Oh yeah. I I had to read it twice because I was sure it took place at night, but nope, just in the movie. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's an interesting thing. Like, yeah, I, I there, there's some, some cool nuance in the conversation between Gandalf and Bilbo, like, like in the book, in the book version, there's like yeah. some really cool nuance, but it's so hard it's so hard just like not to picture um, Ian McKellen and uh, yeah. you know, um, are they both Ian's weird? Um, oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's almost word for word, but there is quite a bit added to it. Mm -hmm. Like nuance, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I love the part where um, <laughs> in the movie and I'm getting ahead of myself too, because it'll be well before we talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, actually, who am I kidding? It's probably gonna come up every chapter. Um, when when uh, Gandalf is like uh, Bilbo, I'm not trying to rob you or whatever, and like he he does his wizardy thing, and you're like, ah, oh, it's ah, very good, it's very well done. Um, but they're both good; they're both excellent, excellent versions of the scene. Yeah, I agree. It, uh, Fellowship is my favorite movie, and that whole beginning part is just so well done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even if even though they omitted omitted dwarves, <laughs> <laughs> they could have put those dwarves in, but they didn't. They really could have. Yep. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> uh, that's the end of my notes. Yeah, me too. Cool. Excellent. Um, should we head off?
to the Green Dragon for our first trip of the season. Yes, yes, we should. We should go. But the only food for the Draven to come from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon, where we discuss the beers we're drinking during today's episode. Corey, what are you having? Uh, well, Mike, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is cheating, and I apologize, but I have two separate beers. Um, it was, I, and I <laughs> kind of have a reason for it. I couldn't decide between the two, uh, and the one that I mm, felt was more appropriate to the episode, I didn't trust. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, one of them uh, is from Nickelbrook Brewing, and I don't love Nickelbrook as a brewery. Uh, so I wasn't sure this beer would be any good. <laughs> uh, and so that's why I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a backup. I'll keep my backup. The Nickelbrook one is called Naughty Neighbor. Uh, it's an American <laughs> pale ale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> and then my backup, um, it's funny because I actually ended up liking the Nickelbrook better than my backup. The backup was called Shindig from Cowbell Brewing Company. Uh, and actually I had never had a Cowbell beer uh, until the uh, season one wrap up when uh, Nicole had selected one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's my second Cowbell beer. Um, it's it's apparently a Huron County lager. Uh, and then the Naughty Neighbor is an American Pale Ale. Uh, and I have to say in this in this particular instance, I really prefer the Nickelbrook. Uh, it's actually great. <laughs> and I'm going to finish it off. Corey, I will allow you to expand on one of those beers. <laughs> okay, I was afraid I had said too much already. Um, okay, so let's talk about our uh, our naughty neighbor. Um, we got a 38 IBU, 4.9% alcohol, low for something that I select. <laughs> and uh, all right, let's have a sip. It's lightly hoppy. It's a like it's on the bitter side, whereas the the other one was a little bit on the sweeter side. The other one said it had notes of bready malts. And I think that's a sweetness that I don't like. Okay. So there am I. <laughs> uh, starting off the season strong. Um, what have you got? Well, Corey, I'm, forgive me, I'm photographing it right now for you. <laughs> that's what I do. Live content creation? Yeah, look at me on a fly. Um, I have from Moon Underwater Brewery, Ooh. Creepy Uncle Dunkle, Dark Lager. <laughs> didn't you have um? Didn't you have like uh, Cool Uncle Dunkle at one point? What was that? Um, what was that one? I don't. I don't remember. What, what did I have? Shit. Um, I swear, wasn't it when we had one of the when Thorin returned to the mountain? Friggin. <laughs> did I use this one before? I did, Corey. Oh, was no, it? I did. Sorry, it was a uh, Nutty Uncle. Yes, yeah, I, okay, yeah, it was a different uncle. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Nutty Uncle. And, and this is Creepy Uncle. Creepy Uncle. <laughs> that's, that's a good choice, Mike. <laughs> I chose it for obvious reasons. It's also a pretty good beer. It's a dark lager, uh, but much tastier than a regular lager. Oh, okay. Pilsner's Creepy Uncle. So... <laughs> is that what it says? <laughs> yeah. So if... um. Frodo was a pilsner, then Bilbo would be a dunkle. <laughs> Gandalf, are you calling me a dunkle? I have never called you a dunkle. The most misunderstood of all loggers. Is it? Is that according to the can or is that according to Mike? <laughs> according to the can. So um, okay. you could call 
Bilbo the most misunderstood of all hobbits? Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I think he really could. <laughs> Maybe Uncle Bilbo. It's good. It's um, you know how loggers are generally like really light and sweet. Yeah. There's like a, a toasty darkness to that, added to that, it just makes it so much better. Um, like a chocolate, cho- a bit of a chocolate or a slight like burned coffee. Yeah, anytime I've had like a, a dark lager or like a like a black lager, I think sometimes they're called, uh, I have been pretty pleased with it. Yeah, it, it doesn't have that bite of a dark beer. Mm-hmm. It's, nice. it's refreshing. Oh, refreshing, lovely. but tasty. Good stuff is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, what's what's yeah. the percentage on that, Mike? Oh, it's it's a fiver. <laughs> Just an even five. Yeah, an even five. Oh, sorry, five point four. Um, Ooh, slow down. Yeah, I know. Oof. These damn craft beers, they'll get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a good trip to the Green Dragon. Yeah, it was great. The Matham House, it was called. Welcome to the Madam House. This is the segment. Uh, we do a little bit of a deep dive, a little bit of extra work on some part of the chapter that was a little too useless for the summary. <laughs> uh, this is where this is the home for long lost tidbits of information in the Lord of the Rings that you know you might give away on your birthday. Uh, Mike, what do you think? <laughs> well, for this episode's Matham Corey. I have a detailing of the gifts that Bilbo specifically addressed to hobbits he knew and hated. <laughs> hated? Really, Mike? Uh, I don't, uh, you know what? Hate is not in Bilbo, as is evident by his treatment of Gollum. Um, <laughs> these are hobbits that he wanted to get one last little jab at, in, in at before he left. And he did that. With his passive aggressive gifts. <laughs> he certainly did that. Uh, tell yeah. us about the mic. Okay. Well, for example, for Adelard Took, Bilbo left him an umbrella because he stole many umbrellas from Bilbo. For Dora Baggins, Bilbo left a waste paper basket for her to deposit her useless useless advice she gave everybody. <laughs> That's a that's a fairly clear message. Yeah. Um, this is the one I, I confused with Dora Baggins. Milo Burroughs, how dare I? Bilbo left him a gold pen and ink because Milo never answered a letter. <laughs> For Angelica, surname left out, Bilbo left a mirror. Why? Why would he do that? <laughs> because she was very, very infatuated with her own face. Uh, no, nothing like your uh, your creepy uncle Bilbo to let you know that you're uh, a little too self concerned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. She was a Bill Baggins, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. You're right. She was a niece. Well, I think, and I think Bilbo is related to uh, Tooks and Brandybucks. He he's really in everything, isn't he? Except for the Burrows. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hugo Bracegirdle. He received an empty bookcase with which he could fill all of the books he had stolen from everybody over the years. Now, I mean, that that's something that, like, that I think we can all get behind because, like, everyone's got someone that they lend a book to and just never see it again. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And uh, generally books 
don't have a huge worth, but you know, Global had to get that little that little prick in, you know. <laughs> that little prick had to be a little prick. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Lobelia Sackville Baggins, she uh. got a case of silver spoons that was probably missing a few because she had stolen a number of them over the years. <laughs> uh, she took the she took the point immediately, but also took the spoons. <laughs> <laughs> which is an important part of this Th- that's an interesting thing that i was thinking about uh when you read this that didn't really cross my mind during the chapter is that like frodo frodo might have told those things to each of these hobbits like word for word as he gave them <laughs> the present he probably had to yeah it was probably part of like his like you can only be the master of bag end if <laughs> and as we know gandalf taught bilbo all about black metal <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was in his will, I'm sure. Yeah, imagine, imagine just looking like a, a somewhat distant relation in the eye and being like, uh, and this empty bookcase is for you because... <laughs> and, and here's a mirror because, frankly... <laughs> I hope he read it, read it from like a, a long scroll in just in monotone. <laughs> like a dry lawyer at like the reading of a will. Yeah. And from Lavinia Sackville Baggins, <laughs> who has stolen many spoons from my uncle. Do you think Sackville is like a shitty neighborhood? Like, do you think that's why they call them the Sackville Bagginses? Because they're like less well-to-do Ooh. Bagginses? I don't know. I, I assume that the Sackville was a different, uh, different family. So it was Sackville Bagginses. Oh, like a hyphenated name. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But Sackville, what a name! <laughs> uh choose not to go there <laughs> yeah a uh, pretty good visit to the madam house i would say yeah um some information that we could have done without <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is what we teased as uh as being like our lore segment our deep dive segment uh yeah anyone's sometimes it will be lore unless there's these chapters are very long and sometimes there's no room in the summary for something that is of note. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, this is a terrible place to bring it up, but um, that reminds me of a note that I thought of earlier today that I didn't actually write down. Mike, the tone of this book is so sincerely different than The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Hobbit's like uh, your silly, fun little book, and this is like, even even, <laughs> even though we get all this Hobbity Madam shit, it's so much more serious. It's like, it's very sober in comparison. Yeah, I agree. Pretty cool. Yeah, you can tell it that something terrible is happening. <laughs> yeah, yes. There's just this ominous tone through the uh, the whole Bilbo party too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, should we move on to concerns? Yes, yes, let's. Concerning hobbits. Here's a returning segment. Concerned about hobbits the segment where we discuss a concern that's come up about hobbits. Corey, what, what are you worried about this week, this episode? I was, I was holding back a, a burp there for a bit. I was really afraid it would come up while you were talking. Um, hmm, excuse me. Uh, so Mike, my concern this week, uh, we've made fun of him quite a bit over the course of The Hobbit. Uh, 
a season one, if you will. But now, Mike, having really delved into Hobbit society and seen what it's like in the Shire, is Bilbo the most intelligent, the most capable, and therefore the least inept Hobbit in all of the Shire? <laughs> um, I, I think he's, he's one of them, if he isn't the most. Um, he also handpicked his, his heir, Frodo, who is also pretty smart yeah i, I almost I, I almost thought i should say maybe like accepting frodo because we, we just met frodo yeah he seems like he seems like a pretty cool guy <laughs> but who's to say um yeah yeah he's at least respectful of his uncle <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a miracle that gandalf found bilbo it really is yeah <laughs> it's a miracle that that how can I how can I grasp the scope of what I'm thinking here? It's a miracle that the Shire functions, <laughs> but, but then I guess there's the question: like, does it function? Barely. It must be just like inevitable. <laughs> it's like it's like Thanos. <laughs> yeah, like the, the hobbits are afraid of water. They're afraid of poetry. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. They're like they're they're such skittish little like superstitious, uh, greedy. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have greedy, so many. Yet somehow generous, but only generous with things that they don't want. Exactly. I, I think I have so many concerns about hobbits at this point in the book that I I can't quite <laughs> put them into words. Um, well, yeah. I've got a good one for you, Corey. Hit me with it, Mike. A good concern. What is going on with the Hobbit family naming conventions? <laughs> Do their names have to rhyme with each other? Do like does someone's children have to rhyme with their name? <laughs> like Frodo, Drogo, Bungo, and Bilbo? Like, is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, Hamfast and Samwise. <laughs> I guess those don't really rhyme. You, there's, there's like a thing though. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. not. It's maybe not like a linear rhyme, but like uh, it's. It, you could, you could see the progression. It's like yeah. those numbers where it's like two, five, fifteen. <laughs> what's the next there's order of the sequence? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and as an aside from that, would Bilbo have adopted Frodo if his name didn't at least? rhyme a little bit <laughs> i honestly think that if bilbo pardon me that if frodo didn't have the same birthday as bilbo <laughs> <laughs> uh then probably not I, I mean like i feel like that had to be like their very first like affinity like oh shit he's got the same birthday as me <laughs> he, same How birthday do... he's not drooling in his porridge and his name kind of rhymes with mine Oh no! I mean, this is dark. But do you think Bilbo orchestrated the deaths of uh, of Frodo's parents so that he could be like, no, this is the only Hobbit worth inheriting my riches? There was a dwarf in the bushes that shot an arrow at the boat. Oh my god! It would have been a dwarf too. It absolutely would have been a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think this is, might be our darkest fan theory here. 
<laughs> and yet it's a bright part of the of the segment because we have a new fan theory. <laughs> oh, if Frodo only knew. <laughs> this I'm, I'm gonna I'm sorry I'm getting off topic, but I, I'm gonna come back to your concern. Uh, but this also sort of brings up the the fact that like. Bilbo wanted to like he wanted to go on an adventure again. He wanted to see mountains, so he just he finds dwarves to hire to like to go wandering with him. Like, who are these dwarves? And like, like he's just like, no, adventures need dwarves. And he couldn't leave Baggins to the Sackville Bagginses, so he hired a dwarf to murder Frodo's parents because Frodo shared a birthday with him, and his name kind of rhymed with his, and he was literate. So maybe this answers my concern. <laughs> Bilbo might not be the most intelligent and capable. He's, he's the most cunning. <laughs> um, so anyhow, naming conventions. Um, I think we'll have to dig into the appendices and see what Sam na- named his children. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, you're right. Um, well, there's... Uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, hold on. Obelia, Hugo... Adelard, Dora. I, I I want to just see some Hobbit names for a second. Boffinses and Bulgers. Okay, Mike, I've I've formulated an, a response for you. Um, I think yes. When a Hobbit has a child, that child's name must be in line with your own name. <laughs> like, uh. Hey, actually, wait a second. I almost said like like Ori, Nori, and Dory. Um, then I thought it, this is a dwarven thing too. Oh wow, that really throws a wrench into things. Is is this just a Middle Earth thing? Is this just what you do in in the world <laughs> that they're living in? I I looked up. I can't include this. Somehow, Sam's surname changes. He's no longer a Gamgee. Really? Yeah. What is, what's his, what? <laughs> what? It becomes Samwise Gardner, and his kids are Eleanor Gardner, Frodo Gardner, Rose Gardner, Mary Gardner, Pippin Gardner, Goldilocks Gardner, Faramir Took. Oh, wait. Damn, he marries. Hamfast Gardner, Daisy Gardner. He has a shitload of kids. Wait, did he, he name one of them Boromir? He named, no, um, no, Goldilocks Gardner named. Married Faramir Took. Oh, oh, whoa. Uh, <laughs> wow. Weird. That's strange. Sam really broke convention. <laughs> he did, yes. Uh, but he's a very unusual hobbit in that he went on an adventure. <laughs> One of his siblings is named Hamson. <laughs> Sam has siblings? Yeah. When the fuck does that come up? I don't know, but. Um, Maybe this is incorrect. I don't see. Oh, there's Hamfast. Yeah. So his sim- siblings are Hamson, oh. Alfred, Daisy, May, and Marigold. And then Samwise. Samwise. Okay. All right. So what happens is <laughs> uh, this naming convention applies to important offspring. <laughs> Okay. Unimportant offspring are given are named after things. <laughs> like if your name familiar, is Han- familiar things, which makes sense. <laughs> yes, yeah, things that we know because it can be something unknown. Um, because hobbits fear that. Uh, so if your if your name is Hamfast, 
and you have <laughs> what are some of them again? <laughs> I can't I can't read them again. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, sorry. Uh, I think one was Daisy. Um, so if you have you have two children, you're you're ham fast. Keep in mind, <laughs> you name one of the children Daisy. Uh, you name the other one Samwise, son of Hamfast. Which one do you think is going to accomplish something in life? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how about this? Bilbo's <laughs> great grandfather is called Balbo. Balbo grandfather is Mungo. <laughs> Meanwhile, his great uncle is Pansy. <laughs> where? where? Where is this information? What it's all online for you. <laughs> the, 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 like the, the Tolkien society's reach is <laughs> unacceptable. They've got Bungo their claws had, and everything. Bungo had brothers named Longo, Bodo, and Bingo. <laughs> this explains Drogo. Um uh, I'm sorry for this editing. I don't know what to, I don't know how to feel about this. I think, okay, all right. I think this is uh, not just a Hobbit thing. And since Hobbits uh, are generally speaking inept um, and can't do anything on their own because it would scare them, um, this is a whole Middle Earth thing. Because think of uh, Boromir and Faramir. Uh, oh, you're right. Aragorn, son of Arathorn. That's not even like, you weren't even trying with that one. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gimli, son of Gloin, by comparison, sounds like a revelation. <laughs> yeah. The uh, lesser son of Gloin. <laughs> Maybe he had a brother named Bloin, and he was supposed to be a better <laughs> dwarf. <laughs> uh, Maybe he was. Maybe he was like a great toy maker in Dale, and, uh, and Gimli just, just had to leave home because he was a disappointment. <laughs> And then he got killed in Dale. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, the God. wrong son died. <laughs> See, there's echoes of it. It's uh, it, what does what does Lucas say about the Star Wars prequels? It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like um, the Darth Jar Jar theory. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty solid theory. When is he going to come up in the Mandalorian? Um, <laughs> Have, have I answered your, your Hobbit concern, Mike? Have we discussed it thoroughly? I don't think either of our concerns were answered, and I think that is the most concerning thing. <laughs> the most concerning thing is that we'll have to talk about this again. Um... <laughs> Still concerned about Hobbits. <laughs> sorry about the editing there, Corey. No problem. I love it. Um, speaking of sorry uh... about the editing, I, I was vaguely unsure if I should apologize for the season one wrap-up in this episode. <laughs> Because being hot off the heels of editing that fucker, uh, <laughs> it started out so strong, uh, and then by the end, it was just such a mess of like. <sighs> I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. I maybe I will tomorrow. I uh, okay. So what I did was I had a thing where I was like, because I had to listen to a section because with every section we said at some point, let's edit this out, <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to listen to it. Um, and then be like, okay, if the conversation went somewhere that was semi-interesting, I'll leave it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, maybe I'll cut this out, Mike. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so where does that where does that leave us in the episode? Sam, 
My dear Sam. Corey, we received an email this week. Duh. We did. Yeah. They didn't they didn't sign their name, but um Toscat7594 emailed <laughs> us. That's great. Yeah. Um they had a fantastic suggestion that rather than read the Silmarillion for future seasons, we focus on the great tales of Middle Earth. You, you know, the children of Huron and um, Baron and Luthien and the fall of Gondolin. Ah, yes. Um, Mike, you kind of suggested this at some point. Uh, I'm pretty sure off the air, but um, <laughs> nevertheless. Uh, that, makes we... it, that makes it a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, I think we were talking about like what we would do. I think it was before we decided um, that we were going to do the Lord of the Rings next. Yeah. We thought, should we do the Silmarillion next? And then that brought up this idea. Yeah. Thanks, Toscat. Yeah, you know what? And it's a great idea. And if, if this podcast makes it another five years, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, we got a, a long way to go until we get to that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll be old guys by then, but who cares? <laughs> um, Children of Huron, I've only read. I've only read that one, and it was great. So I'd love to read the others, and I'd love to discuss them with you, Corey. Yeah, and that'd be great. Figure out what we can wring out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've only read uh, the Silmarillion. Um, I have not delved into any of those. Um, oh, they just they expand on some of the. Um, more focused stories in the Silmarillion. Yeah. So they're, they're really good. Yeah. And the, the Silmarillion was some cool ass shit, man. So I can only imagine that an expansion on those stories is actually really good. Yeah. I actually forgot all about the fall of Gondolin, which I'm sure is great. Yeah. Oh, probably. Are these, um, are these, they're available in hardcover from your local library. Yes. <laughs> Not what I was going to ask. <laughs> But good to know. Um, are these uh, are these the ones that are edited and or written by Christopher Tolkien? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, cool. He had his fingers all over these. <laughs> uh, Christopher Tolkien. Um, I hesitate to say I might cut this out because I'm uh, triggered by that from the horror that was edited in the season one wrap up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, might cut this out. Christopher Tolkien to be featured on a future episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we have enough money to hire a medium <laughs> hey and once we can travel one of us one of us what we have to one of us has to travel and both have to be in the same room as the medium oh really mike mm -hmm. there gotta be zoom mediums <laughs> it's a oh, new world <laughs> hit us up on patreon if we get enough money we'll 100 percent do this did I, did I make it a tier on Patreon? There's the one where um, where you could pay $700 to have us <laughs> one of us fly to where the other one is. But I can't remember if I made the seance one. I think I thought that was too dark of a joke. Um, might lose a listener or two here, but I have zero respect for psychic mediums and I will waste one's time with this question. <laughs> Uh, uh, my my brother, uh, lo Chris, longtime listener of the show. Hello, Chris. Um, he mentioned at one point uh, how right you were in saying that uh, a medium is more likely to take our money than say that they can't do something. 
<laughs> so I wonder how much it would cost, like 50 bucks. <laughs> I, uh, not, not that I want to pay a lot uh, or believe in it necessarily, uh, but I hope it's more than 50 bucks. <laughs> That's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We're in the middle of a pandemic and the entire medium industry is probably hurting pretty badly right now. <laughs> so thank you, Toscat, for writing to the show. <laughs> We really uh, appreciate so our first piece. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, our first piece of mail that we could read online or read, sorry, read on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. Um, what, what a season this is. <laughs> a, a season of firsts. <laughs> Second season of firsts. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that it for us? Oh, 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 oh. oh. There's the cover? Yeah, what are we calling this segment? I don't know. That's a good question. I will draw you, Solomon. Welcome to our most exciting new segment where we discuss a chapter book cover. Is that what we're calling them? <laughs> yeah, a chapter a, book cover. I, yeah, so for every chapter this season... Corey or I will be creating a book cover with the chapter title and depicting some sort of event or overall feeling from a chapter. Isn't that right, Corey? Uh, that is right, Mike. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to be the uh, the one of us, the which of us, who uh, is doing the chapter summary. And this chapter was my chapter. So... I did uh, a book cover for it. Uh, but keep in mind, uh, this is the thing. I'm sending it to you now, Mike, uh, live on the air. You haven't seen this yet. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we called this chapter Hell is Other Hobbits. Uh, however, <laughs> um, the uh, the illustration is a little bit more like above board. <laughs> uh, and so it's for a long expected party. <laughs> oh, cool. You have made. Oh, wow. That is. Okay. Let me see here. There's a lot going on here, Corey. Very cool. Thanks. Well, okay. So, yeah. Um, so in discussing it, uh, I was at first, I was a little, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh shit, this is the first one. Like, um, that's, that's a lot of pressure. I gotta do like, I gotta do like a banger. I gotta hit it out of the park. Um, but then I was like, no, this is the first chapter. I want to do something like appropriate to the chapter and appropriate to like the tone of the chapter and what's going on in the book. Um, and so I thought I'd do something simple, but try to do something like unexpected within that i guess yeah this is it's pretty cool um i'm sorry i won't take away from you go ahead uh well, well thanks i'm glad you think it's cool um well yeah I, I um so i thought of like something uh that i thought was like perhaps a little bit more obvious of the uh uh the invitation to bilbo's party um and i thought it would be kind of an interesting thing to play around with putting in like extra information um <laughs> fuck matham information um that like was beyond the chapter cover just just like i don't know to try and see how it would work like design wise because there is there's the main text a long expected party that's in black uh and then so i did the other stuff in like a lighter gray uh and a red to sort of like take away from it i, I like the idea of like that it's bilbo's 111th birthday um but it's book one chapter one and then so i thought of lord of the rings <laughs> uh for the other like one so like rsvp lotr <laughs> book one chapter one yeah, it's really cool. Um, I also enjoy that you added you are cordially invited, invited to. 
um, which is a bit of an in-joke. I don't know if you remember that. We, we oft wanted to send out party invites with that on them. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's, I completely forgot about that. Um, and the BB bubble bag and signature. Yeah. I wanted to throw that in for sure. Yeah. I thought that was a, an important thing. Um, I, I briefly thought it's, it's interesting when like, uh, and it's fun and, and awesome when you're like designing something and it's sort of like, it takes on certain things that you didn't quite intend, but like work really well with it. Like, cause I did like the, the one, one, one for Bilbo's 111th birthday. Uh, and then I thought, oh shit, but I don't have anything for Frodo. I'm like, well, but I do though, because the one, one, one is, is three. Um, like in a way it's like 33. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 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 And, uh, book one, chapter one. Yeah, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Obviously, like it, it, it's superfluous information; It doesn't have to be on there. But I was like, I don't know, what can I do with like the invitation? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> if there's anything a Hobbit loves, it's information they already know. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Yeah, it's it's taking on meanings that I didn't initially. <laughs> <think of that. laughs> it's just very exciting. And of course, Bilbo would be the type of motherfucker to have a blue quill pen. <laughs> yeah i know oh yeah yeah um I, and actually another aspect of it um in in terms of like uh the materials that i used uh and the way that i painted is that um i only used a couple of colors uh like i had like a white and off-white a brown a blue and a red and so yeah so i was like sort of delegating the colors to different things like the brown's the background the off-white was the envelope blue was the feather red was the birthday kind of thing so yeah i don't know like it kind yeah. of came together in a cool way I really like your font choice. Um, it's obviously not a font. You've come up with it yourself, but it is a font in a way. Actually, it's it's based on the maps in The Hobbit. Oh, cool. It's ni nice and long and scrolling and flowing. Of course, exactly what Bilbo would use. <laughs> and of course, he would call his own party the long expected, or a long expected party. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. <laughs> it was the talk of uh of bag end and i think the gaffer was was spreading um was spreading rumors long before the invitations went out so <laughs> <laughs> dad gaffer very sweet Corey. thanks now, thanks, now the um the bar has been set i would say <laughs> i'm uh I'm, I'm excited to mike you had a, a spectacular reference library set up for us which is awesome of like of sort of like classic sort of vintagey like book covers and that, and that sort of thing and the like which was very inspiring and i'm excited to i'm excited to go somewhere else on the next one kind of thing like yeah this is this is this is gonna be an interesting journey that we've set ourselves on yeah i um i agree with you completely it's going to be pretty cool to do different things every like have them in a different style or a different era or maybe even repeat something sometime if it feels right i don't i don't want to keep myself in in one wheelhouse yeah yeah exactly yeah um uh, yeah, and, and like uh, in, including something like like book one, chapter one is like uh, I kind of doubt I would do that again. But maybe it'll be appropriate, and I will decide I will want to. But like, um, like I don't know. Why not? It's the first one, so sure it works now. Might not ever again. Uh, yeah, you you absolutely shouldn't. I I was worried about that today because I was doing the initial sketches for my first one. Yeah, and I thought like. I'm really leaning pretty hard into one, I don't want to spoil it, but one like style of book cover. 
and I was worried that I might be like cutting myself off from using that again. But you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> there are no rules. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool, Corey. Um, please scan that at high quality in high quality, and you can find it on our Instagram, watermarked, or. At some point in the near future, we will have a way for you to purchase prints of it. Yes. We're also going to be posting uh, some of our rough stuff uh, on the Patreon page. Um, if you're uh, if you're a member of the Patreon, you'll get to see some uh, sort of behind-the-scenes uh, sketches and the like coming up pretty soon. Which um, Works in progress, perhaps? Yeah. Color exactly. studies? Yeah, I did a couple, little, um, a couple little studies for this guy that'll end up on there. Cool. Uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited to see yours, Mike. This is uh, this is quite exciting. The the next chapter is like, man, oh man, it's a bit of a stinker, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would have said stinker, but no, not a stinker. That's on brand, though. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a it's a great chapter. <laughs> very important. So thanks for listening to episode one of season two. Uh, that's episode one point oh. No decimal places today. So yeah, thanks. Uh, you can find us on our Instagram. We are at that Hobbit shit. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Hobbit shit. You can find us at patreon.com slash that Hobbit shit. And you can find us at our Gmail, that Hobbit shit at gmail.com. We're always available through our Gmail. Uh, is that what it is? <laughs> Mike, it's, it's been a while since okay, like a proper let's episode. See. Instagram, Twitter, yes. Gmail, yeah. Patreon. Yeah, okay, okay, cool. We're good. We're good. I, I'm gonna leave this in. Um <laughs> so uh thanks for listening. Uh I'm Corey. And I'm Mike. <laughs> may the may the hair, hair on, on your, your toes, toes never, never fall, fall out. out. <laughs> hey, I think we got better. Um <laughs> that might have been our sloppiest episode, but we'll see. <laughs>